We sang that chorus uh, that uh, my daughter Heather wrote, and we sung it last week. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're my deliverer. Remember that song? Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. And I, I've been thinking about it all week. That, something about singing that song last Sunday just planted the seed. And I've been, I've been thinking about it all week. Lord, you are a shield for me. You are my deliverer. And uh, <clears throat> it speaks to the necessity of depending on the Lord for strength, for protection, and for deliverance. And do we live in a time where we need a shield? You know, we, you know even, even in New Testament days, the Apostle Paul talked about our shield. He talked about the armor of God, the necessity, because of all the fiery, art, fiery darts of the, of, of the wicked that are being shot at us. These are flaming arrows of the, of the enemy that are shot continually at God's people. We need that shield of faith. We need, we need something to uh, ward off the attacks of the enemy. And, uh, and we've talked a lot about the whole armor of God and the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. And, and we're, we understand that we're in spiritual warfare. Uh, you know, as I, as I mentioned, my, my mother was attacked while she was carrying me. My mother had to fight spiritual warfare battles just for me to be born and for her to live. In that same, in that same dream that she had where she heard the angelic choir, she saw a young man standing with, a, with a, a suit on and a Bible in his hands. And the Lord says, that's your son. Well, that's first she knew she was going to have a son. That was her Holy Spirit sonogram. Back in those days, they didn't, they didn't do that, you know. But God told her she was having a son. She had already had a little girl's name picked out. Because they had a son. My older brother already had a son. Well, they, they wanted a girl for number two. And uh, God told her she was having a boy and showed her that boy in her dream, full grown, preaching the gospel. But at my feet, there was a, a, a snake coiled at my feet. And as she, as she watched that snake, she, she got sick. And, and that's when she realized that the, the, uh, the enemy was trying to kill her baby. And so she began to fight the fight of faith, not only for herself, but for that, for that child. That was me. And so my mother had to be involved in spiritual battle and spiritual warfare just to give birth to me. Amen. And uh, that wasn't the only time. There was a couple of other occasions where, where the enemy uh, came at her before I was even born. And, uh, uh, and I, I won't take time to tell the, all those stories, but... Uh, <clears throat> One involved a tornado. And uh, well, I'll tell that story. Uh, Oral Roberts came to our town and set up his tent. And my mother, you know, uh, loved Oral Roberts, and she supported him with $5 a month forever. And she just, she just loved that. And so uh, she heard he was coming to town. Well, she's eight and a half months pregnant with me. And she talked my dad in going to the tent meeting. Well, it was just a, just a, you know, really close to where we lived. Uh, it was on a hill, and you could see that you could see that hill from our house. 
And so it wasn't all that far. So my dad thought, well, it's close by. We'll go. If you get too tired, we'll just come home. And so they're sitting in this tent, and it started raining. And my dad said, well, we parked our car in the dirt, so we probably need to go before uh, it gets so wet we'll get stuck. I don't want to get stuck with no pregnant woman. My dad's a smart guy. And so they left early and, and got out of there before the parking lot turned to mud and went home. And as, the, as they're turning into the driveway to our house, they looked back up towards the tent and there was a flash of lightning and they saw a tornado dip down and pick that tent up and then pull it up in the air and then just dropped it. And the story goes, you know, that when the tent poles began to fall around the people, that many of them were injured. Uh, or Roberts himself uh, rece was received a broken arm from it. No one was killed, but there was just a lot of injuries. And <clears throat> my mother was convinced that, there, that the devil had come after me. At least that's what she told me. And uh, I don't have any reason to disbelieve it. Or Roberts, you know left town and never came back to that town. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he went on with, you know, to do greater things for the Lord. But, but uh, in those instances, the Lord was not only a shield around my mother, but around me and delivered us. Amen. Delivered us. And, and I just want you to know that I'm, I was born in this kind of controversy. I was born into this conflict. In my whole life, you know, I've realized that without the Lord, I'm, I'm real vulnerable. I'm real open for attack. And yet, in the Lord, I am protected and shielded. Now, the first mention of this, of this idea of the Lord being our shield is in Genesis 15, 1. And this is where God is talking to Abram. This is early on in God's relationship with Abram, who became Abraham. And in Genesis 15:1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. Oh, I believe in visions. They go all the way, all the way back to Genesis. And, you know, this thing started out with visions. And then uh, uh, Peter said on the day of Pentecost that it's going to end up with visions. Your sons and daughters uh, will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will have visions. So it, it's, it, you know, if you don't believe in visions, you don't believe in the Bible. <laughs> How many of you believe in the Bible? All right, well, the visions, that's, that's one way God speaks to his people. Amen. Some people believe we don't have dreams and visions anymore because we have a Bible. But uh, that's like telling God, you can write letters to me, but don't talk direct to me. I would never tell God that. I'll read his letter, and I'll listen to for his voice. Amen? He, he, he is still speak. The Scripture says, he yet speaketh. He yet speaketh. So, uh, in Genesis 15, God reveals to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. God says to Abram, I am your shield. Don't be afraid. You see, God had already called Abram out of his home country 
to go into a place that he was unfamiliar with. And when you get into unfamiliar territory, you, there's a tendency to be afraid, to be shy and timid. And I believe that we have, in, in, the, in just the last couple of years, we as Christians have entered into unfamiliar territory. We're, be, you know, we're realizing our vulnerability more. We're realizing that we have trust issues when it comes to the government, when it comes to the media, when it comes to the bankers, when it comes to you know, just about everything around us. Uh, we're, we, we picked up some uh, big warning signs that we can't trust any of them. And we, we are realizing that, that we're living in dangerous times and threatening times. We're reminded constantly of it when we go to the gas pump. And every time you buy gas, it costs you more than it did the time before. Our gas prices are changing daily and hourly in some instances. And that's just telling us that there's a bigger problem. That's just a symptom of a greater problem. Our dollar, our dollar is collapsing. There is not a shortage of fuel. What's happening is hyperinflation. Our dollar is collapsing because, how do you know? Well, it, everything you buy costs you more. Now, my daughter, uh, you know, doesn't have a washer and dryer in her apartment, so she has to go to a laundromat to wash her clothes. And she said last week she could wash a load of clothes for, uh, for uh, 80 cents. She says this week it's costing her $2.40 to wash the same load of clothes. In one week, it's tripled. What is that? That's what's happening to our money. Our money is becoming as nothing. So we can't even trust uh, in our, our money. I'm glad our money says in God we trust because we're going to have to trust in God rather than the money. Amen? You can't trust your jobs. People were losing their jobs over uh, whether they were vaccinated or not. Uh, people, you, you can't trust your doctor because your doctor, you know, the number three cause of death in America is medical malpractice. So if you trust your doctor, you're crazy. He tells you to take a pill, you better ask him, what is that? What's that going to do to me? And then you go home and you Google that medication and you find out what the side effects are and ask yourself, or do you want to risk it? Mm -hmm. Amen? You just can't take a shot or a medicine of any kind because your doctor says so. And I know you love your doctor. And many of us have Christian doctors. My doctor's a Christian and and, and, uh, and, and she's pretty good looking, too. And her name's Heather. And her last name is Sharp. So Heather is Sharp. But she, she prescribed uh, uh, some medication for me. I looked it up. I said, no, no thank you. Because I'm not going to become a, a, a walking time bomb with all of these pharmaceuticals going around in my body, uh, I'd just rather trust God. He is my great physician. He is my healer. Now, you do whatever you want to. I'm not going to condemn you. 
I'll say, I understand. Just like your excuse for not going to church. I understand. And if you want to do this, and do it's, it's according to your faith. Amen? But I've, I've decided that the God that shielded Abraham wants to shield me. And David, the psalmist, discovered that early on in his writings. We see it in Psalm 3, that, that David was going to live in that shield of, of God's protection. In Psalm 3, this is when he was fleeing from Absalom. Remember Absalom, his son, wanted to be king and was actually trying to kill his dad. Trying to kill his dad and take the throne. And, and David had to leave Jerusalem. He had to flee from Jerusalem because his son had gathered an army and was coming to kill him. You think you got family problems. Has your son come with an army? <laughs> Maybe your son's opposed you, but I don't think he brought an army with him, right? Well, David's son brought an army greater than David's army. I mean, what a betrayal. And, and so he, he wrote these words in Psalm 3. Look at verse 1. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? My, my, my trouble has just multiplied and grown and gotten bigger. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down and slept. See, peace was already coming upon him. When you hear the Lord's voice, it brings peace. He laid down and slept. I awakened, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. I want you to hear what he's saying. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord, and thy blessing is upon thy people. You see, the revelation that David had was that God was not only a shield to him, but he was a shield all around him. He was living in a divine bubble of God's grace and protection. Amen? This shield was not, was not you know, it, it moved from being like a shield of a uh, piece of armor that you hold out in front of you and fight with, it moved from that, that dimension to uh, a, a completely encircling him and protecting him from all sides. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it does. And what, a revelation to uh, what a revelation to have that in God I am surrounded by a protective shield. We need that in these times, don't we? We need that because, you know, uh, things are coming at you from all directions. Sometimes you feel overwhelmed. But there's no need 
to lose sleep over it. All you've got to do is hear the word of the Lord and realize that he not only is your shield, but he'll lift up your head. In other words, you don't have to be, you don't have to be downtrodden by it. Amen? This, this verse, Psalm 3, in the literal, uh, the literal Hebrew translation says, But you, O Jehovah, art a shield around me, my glory, and he who lifts up my head. So, you know, the literal translation actually says it that way, a shield around me. Praise God. There are many times in my life I've felt like I was in a bubble. All kinds of stuff going on all around me, and I, I felt unaffected by it. Many times it was directed at me. But just like I was safe and secure in my mother's womb, I feel safe and secure in the Lord. Amen? Praise God, because there's protection there. There is sustenance there. There's peace there. Praise the Lord. And so the psalmist David discovered that there's a place with God that becomes impenetrable from the outside. Uh, Psalm 91, David also wrote this one. And we all know this. This is called the soldier's psalm. But listen to what he said. He referred to God as a shield and buckler. Psalm 91, 4, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Amen? Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. Amen? If we need anything, if we need anything in times of battle, times of warfare is we need truth because his truth is called our shield here he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence or we could say pandemic that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. My dad was in World War II. He landed at Omaha Beach on D-Day drove an ammunition truck onto the beach carrying huge, huge uh, casings for General Patton's tanks. And while he's driving across the beach, there are bullets whizzing all around him. And he saw the blood of soldiers in the water and the dead bodies on the ground. It was a horrible sight. If you want to see what it was like, you know, watch uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, just watch the first eight minutes. That's all you need, and you'll, you, you won't want to see anymore. It was almost lifelike. But I'm telling you, uh, my dad was in the midst of that. But he was shielded. He didn't even get a scratch. He said he heard... He heard bullets bouncing off of his truck. 
but no, none of them ever hit the ammo, praise God. And he drove from Omaha Beach all the way into Germany. He said somewhere along the line, something happened to his seat, and he, he couldn't get another seat, you know, driver's seat for that truck. So he stacked two kegs of dynamite up, and that's what he sat on. And he said when those German planes came over starting shooting at him, he said he would stop the truck and get out and go over the wall and wait. And if his truck didn't blow off, he, he'd go get back in it and keep on driving. <laughs> By the way, he wasn't even saved. But his mama was. <laughs> and that woman prayed a, a covering over him that kept him through the whole war. He finished the war as a machine gunner on the back of a half track. <laughs> And who do they shoot first? I'll tell you, they shoot the person that's shooting at them. And, uh, and, and yet he, he was not touched, never touched by an enemy's bullet. He did get some bomb fragments from an American plane that dive-bombed them in the woods and thought they were Germans and dropped a few bombs on them. But he, didn't, he never got hit by the enemy fire, <laughs> just friendly fire. Praise God. What a story. Well, see, God, God knew that I was, I, was in, I, I was yet in his loins. <laughs> and not only was Grandma praying a covering over him, but she, she might not have known it, but she was praying a covering over me because he didn't have me till, you know after, the, after he got home from the war. There's another instance where the devil might have been trying to kill him. How many of you think the enemy was trying? I know the Germans were trying to kill him. And that, he, he told me story after story after story after story where he should have died. And by the way, the first Sunday, he was back home from the war. He walked the aisle and gave his life to Jesus. He said, he said if Jesus cares enough about me to save me from all that, I'm going to serve him. Amen. And that he did. Well, aren't you thankful for the prayers of a godly mom? A Methodist, shouting Methodist. She'd shout the hairpins out of her hair. Right there on the front row in the Methodist church. And she wasn't the only one. That church was hopping. Praise God. God bless the Methodist. Well, do you know that uh, <coughs> a, a buckler is a small round shield held by a handle at arm's rank or a shield that's worn on the left arm? One that shields and protects. A buckler is something you wear on your arm when you're in close-range battle. He said, the Lord will be there with you in hand-to-hand in -hand combat. When you're getting close and personal with the enemy, the Lord will be there to shield you. Whew, that's pretty good stuff. Amen? He's not, only my, he's not only my shield around me. He's not only the bubble that, I'm, that I live in. But if, if, if it happens that I'm getting real close to the fight, he's right there. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, what if, what if we become captured? It happens. It's not God's fault, but sometimes we leave the door open, right? Sometimes we step out of the bubble. What happens 
if you're in a downpour or big big strong rainstorm and you got an umbrella over you and all of a sudden your umbrella blows away what happens you get wet what happens if you if you step out from under that umbrella you know i i don't understand umbrellas anyway because they work great until you start to get in your car <laughs> then you got to think this thing ain't coming in here and so you can't so you got your door open. It's pouring down rain. So far you're dry, but now you've got to close that umbrella to get it in the car. And in the process of doing that, you get soaked, at least half your body. <laughs> Amen. You get, and, and then you put, where am I going to put this umbrella? And you put it down by your feet, yeah. and, it, and it just drains all over you. Or you toss it in the back seat, and, and it rains all the way back there. So. That is, that is extra, but everybody can identify with that. How many of you can identify with that, living here in this rainforest? Okay, so sometimes we find ourselves uh, outside of the bubble, not because God wasn't faithful, but because we might not have been so faithful. We find ourselves in, in, in the enemy's hands. Sometimes we get captured. Everybody knows that that's life. You're not going to live a life that's just perfectly in the bubble all the time and you never you never have any problems because we create our own problems with the words of our mouth or with our actions. Sometimes just with the attitude in our heart, we open a door for the devil. If you if you have unforgiveness, you're opening the door for the devil. Amen. If you get into fear, if you choose to get into fear, you're opening the door for the devil because fear is unbelief. And so what if we become captured? You know, we are living in times of trouble, danger, threats, pandemics, wars. Isn't it good to know that there's uh, someone willing to shield us in the middle of this? But if, if we get captured, isn't it good to know that he's also our deliverer? He's a mighty deliverer. Not only does he deliver us, but he has, he has sent angelic forces to our rescue. Look at Psalms 34, 6. This poor man cried. Why did he cry? He was in trouble. You know, th th this, isn't, this isn't the crying of a baby. Th this is the cry of a man in trouble. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles and then look at verse 7 the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them the angel and the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them there's that bubble effect the angel of the Lord is and and it, it's a plural term the word angel there is a plural term the angelic host of the Lord are camped round about you for this purpose, to deliver you. So what if I do get captured? Well, I'm going to get busted out. Because God sent his jailbusters to bust me out. You've heard of ghostbusters? We got demon busters. We got 
we got devil busters, hallelujah, that will bust us out if we get captured. Amen? Uh, <clears throat> I heard a guy on, uh, I think it was on Sid Roth's program, uh, he, uh, he was asleep one night, and he heard, he heard people talking and laughing. And he opened his eyes, and there in the room with him, in the corner of the room, were some angels, angelic beings, and they were sitting around some kind of a fire right there in the middle of his bedroom. And they were laughing and telling stories. And he said, who are you? And they said, we're your angels. We're, we're, we're camped here to watch over you while you sleep. And he says, well, hold it down, would you? I'm trying to get some sleep. You're making too much noise. He told his angels to get quiet. Me, I'd gotten out of bed and sat down there with them, you know, and, and listened to angel campfire stories. You say, well, pastor, I don't believe that's true. Well, you know, you never know. People will tell all kinds of things. But I, I kind of halfway believe it's that way. I do believe because the scripture says that the angels of the Lord are camped round about you. That means they don't leave. They're always there, and their purpose is to deliver you. So not only is the Lord himself my shield, but his angelic armies are camped around about me because I fear the Lord. You see, if I fear the Lord, the angels are camped around about me. If I don't respect God, if I don't reverence God, then I, 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 I'm not going to have faith for this, this, uh, this deliverance. But I do love the Lord. I do fear the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. And the Lord says that his angels are camped around about me. It's right there in the Bible. Look at Psalm 50, verse 14. He says, Offer unto God thanksgiving. Psalm 50, 14. And pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. If you'll call on me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you. So not only is he my shield, he is my deliverer. Amen. After all, Jesus said that deliverance was part of the reason for his coming into the world. Did you know that? Did you know that Jesus came into the world to deliver? Luke 4, 18, famous scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You know what Jesus was saying? I'm here for you. I'm here for you to help you in whatever situation you find yourself. If you're blind, I'm going to open your eyes. If you're poor, I'm going to make you no, poor no more. If you're brokenhearted, I'm going to be your comfort. If you're captive, if you're captured, I'm going to deliver you. And, and, he says, and, and he says, when am I going to do this? Now. Today is the day of salvation. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. So from this, from this knowledge that the Lord is always with us, 
that Jesus came into this world to set us free, to deliver us in the time of need, and that he set his angels charge over us, then we can draw strength from that knowledge. Amen? The truth will set you free. Praise God. Sometimes we face insurmountable opposition from forces that we can't control. We can't, over, we can't overcome them in our own strength. It's hard to defeat a spiritual foe with physical strength. So, you know, for one thing, they're invisible. You don't know where to aim your gun, right? And bullets will just pass right through them. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. You know that. So, you know, our, our battle, our wrestling is with spiritual forces. And your physical strength is no match for them. So, we tap in to divine energy. Amen? After all, it's all around us. It's in you. Christ is in you. Christ means the anointing. The anointing or the power of of the Holy Spirit that was on Jesus dwells on the inside of you. And God expects us to use it. Amen? If you're in Christ and Christ is in you, then there's power in you, right? There's strength. And listen listen to what uh, Ephesians 6.10 says. Finally, my brethren, th this is the lead-in to the armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Then look at uh, uh, Ephesians 3.16. Ephesians 3.16 says that his prayer, Paul's prayer for us, is that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. You see, not only is the Lord camped around about you, but he wants to, he wants to infuse you with his mighty strength <laughs> so if you got it on the outside of you and you got it on the inside of you you can't help but win you you have victory guaranteed finally my brethren be strong in the lord and the power of his might and that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might in the inner man so what are we going to do? We're going to make Jesus our source of strength and power. Make Jesus your place of safety. Make Jesus your shield. Call upon him today to deliver you from everything that holds you captive. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. One definition of that word saved is delivered. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be delivered. I've told you the story about the time I was, I, was, I was flipping end over end in my car on Interstate 40, Weatherford, Oklahoma, 9 o'clock in the morning, had a blowout. And when my tire blew out, my car began to flip. 1961 Comet. I was 17 years old. I didn't know a whole lot then. 
I didn't know near what I know now. But I remember about the second time over, I remember no seatbelts, and so I'm flopping around inside this car. I remember saying, Lord, help. That car slid across the uh, on oncoming lanes of Interstate 40 upside down. I could feel between me and the roof of the car, between the roof of the car, well, I was on the roof of the car upside down. I could feel the pavement on the other side of that tin sheet of metal, thin metal. I could feel it sliding across the highway upside down. And I hit an embankment where some construction had been going on. They'd piled up some dirt. On the other side of that dirt was a drop-off into a ravine. If that dirt hadn't have been there, I would have gone right over but it was there. The car was upside down. All the windows smashed. The roof was smashed down to the level of the seat. I saw one door had come open, and I, I slithered out that door. Today, I wouldn't fit. But then I did. And I slithered out that door, and I'm standing there in the rain watching the wheels still spinning and steam rising from the upside-down motor. I'm looking at it, and I begin to examine myself. No broken bones, no blood, not a scratch on me. All I had time to do was say, Lord, well, actually, I said, Jesus, help. How long does it take God to answer that prayer? He, he can answer it in mid-trouble. <laughs> Amen. Make Jesus your deliverer. Learn, learn to call on him quickly. First of all, he's your shield. He can protect you from such things. But if for some reason you leave the door open or you drive around on Maypops like I was doing, you know, you're giving yourself, you know, you're giving the enemy an opportunity. And he takes every opportunity you give him. But even in that, the Lord is, a, is an instant deliverance to all them that call upon him. I know this for a fact in my life. I've proven it over and over and over. You see, I have put myself in trouble's path over and over and over. I did it to myself. I'm learning. I'm not as dumb as I was then when I was 17. I don't drive around on Maypops anymore. You know, I, I, I try not to give the devil an, an end. But every now and then we find ourselves fully attacked by the enemy. And what do we do? Call on the name of the one who's able to deliver you. He has not lost his ability to save. Amen? So run to him, call on him, seek him, and you'll find him, the Bible says. Praise God. I'm so thankful for that. 1 Chronicles 16.10, and we'll close with this one. 1 Chronicles 16.10 says, Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Amen. Is there any value? Is there reward for seeking the Lord? You know what Jesus said? They that seek me shall find me. 
Well, what, what are you going to find when you find him? You're going to find your shield. You're going to find your buckler. You're going to find your deliverer. Amen? Amen. Now, I believe the Lord wanted me to share this this morning because uh, he knows what lies ahead. He knows what the enemy's plans are. He knows exactly uh, where the next attack is going to come. And he wants to encourage you and, and strengthen your faith this morning to believe that no matter what comes, he'll be a shield around about you. His angels will deliver you. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad to know that? You say, well, Pastor, I already knew it. I know, but wasn't it good to hear it again? My, my ears are rejoicing to hear, that, to hear that. What a comfort it is in this day and age. I'm not afraid of the pandemics. I'm not afraid of what, what tricks they're coming up with next. I'm not afraid of what all those bio labs are doing over there. I'm not afraid of the war in the Ukraine or whatever it's going gonna, it's gonna to morph into. I'm not afraid. And the moment I begin to sense any fear, I get in my bubble. Just call me Bubble Boy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Where do you go? You know, you know that song, Where, where Can I Go? Well, I'm going to go to the Lord. Praise God. Stand up with me. We're going to take communion together and be dismissed this morning, uh, reminded that the Lord is with us to deliver us. Amen. That's what he came for. And he hadn't left. He said, Lo, I am with you always until the end of the age. Praise the Lord. Amen. So uh, as you prepare yourself, as you wait on, on the Lord this morning, the Bible says examine your heart. Just examine your heart. You say, well, I don't know. I don't know what the condition of my heart is. Well, Bible says if your heart condemns you, the Lord knows. And so you can ask the Lord, Lord, uh, am I right? I think this morning we ought to start shutting doors. Start shutting the doors where the enemy might come in. Amen. Holy Spirit, just speak to all of us and show us where the open doors are. Show us where we've left a window open. Show us, Lord, where we've left opportunities for ourselves to be attacked. Help us, Father, to, uh, to run through the house and shut the doors and the windows. <laughs> Amen. We do have a responsibility. Amen. Lord Jesus, there at the Last Supper with your disciples, you took that bread and you broke it. And you said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Lord, you did it for us. You didn't do it for yourself. That's why we can say, by your stripes, we're healed. Because you did it for us. And I just want to thank you for it. In Jesus' name, let's eat together. Be healed. Be healed of what? Anything that's broken. Anything that's hurting. Spirit, soul, body. 
Whatever it is that's hurting, whatever's busted, broken, bruised or wounded at all in your life, Jesus will heal it. Then he took the cup and he said, this cup is the New Testament, the new deal, the new agreement, new covenant in my blood. The old see, the old covenant was sealed with the blood of bulls and goats and pigeons and turtle doves. The new covenant is sealed by the blood of God, God's own blood. Hallelujah. And the Bible says it's living blood. It never died. You know, it never died. Praise God. The Bible says it still speaks. It still speaks that we're not guilty, that we're forgiven. And so this is an eternal deal, an eternal covenant that will never be set aside. There's never going to be a, a, a new model because this one works so well. Father, we just thank you for the blood of Jesus. We plead that blood over our lives. That, that shield that's all around us, it's covered in the blood of Jesus. I saturate everyone in this house with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we receive it gladly in Jesus' name. Let's drink together.